R R N R nine twenty AM KRLD Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. Welcome in to our brand new coverage. We need to come in hardcore. Raiders got a bunch of guys. Back in the old days, they had legends. He gets the Raiders. He understands the Raiders. He's going to be a great Raider. Well, show it to me. No penalties. The only holes that I see on this team are linebackers. There's going to be some moments this year that are going to be top sledding. Okay, one of them could be now. I got it all for you. Keep it PG. No, never happened. I'd like to get this show going the way I know how to get the show going. Our standard is high. We coming. It's time to fire this thing up. How are you listening to? Who are you getting this garbage from? JT the Brick. Hey, look at me. I'm the needy radio guy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. We are ready to rock. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Are you with me? One guy kind of throws the fuel into the fire. So sound off like you got up here and get going. Use the phone like a weapon. We need to leave a wake of destruction. That's all I had this week for you. And now, Raider Nation Unite! Here's JT the Brick. JT, out of the gate as we begin here. A little technical issue to start us off. Uh, Bobby, give me the headset. Here we go right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m., and we got a lot to cover today. The aftermath of the Raiders' loss as they lost Monday Night Football to Detroit. Uh, Where we want to go from here, no rules today. Let it fly. As you know, i got to remind some new listeners and some listeners of the past, just be respectful to where we're sitting and what we're doing here. But I think I have a good feeling on how you're feeling today as I hosted the postgame show Last night from the facility, got home super late, got here early in the morning for Raiders Press Conference Live, and now we have the show, and I think I know the direction that it's going to go in. Uh, For the Raiders, uh, the way they lost that game in Detroit last night was brutal. It was a game that I didn't think they were capable of having, and that's what I want to begin the monologue with, uh, brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue as we open up the show. PTs. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. And please go check out everything at the Strat as the Strat is ramping up for an unbelievable, unbelievable end to the year here with F1. And then we go in to the Super Bowl coming up here in February. So my takeaway from last night was the offense. And the offense didn't show up. And that is very concerning and disturbing to me because I got that one wrong. I screw up five times a day before breakfast. I know when I'm right. I know when I'm on the fence, and I know when I'm wrong. And I have to open up the show today admitting that I was very wrong about this offense. I was, I was one of the leaders who believed that this offense was going to work. I believed with it with all my heart. I really did. I thought with the coach, the play callers, the quarterback, Devontae Adams, the running back who led the league in rushing, Michael Mayer getting drafted. I love that kid. Trey Tucker coming in who's flashed a bit, and with Austin Hooper, who's caught a lot of big balls here, Jacoby Myers, who's a very good player, and Hunter Renfro, that this offense could not go wrong. It just couldn't because my whole life I've been watching football. I'm a fan, and I think I know football pretty well, and I I just didn't think an offense this talented could be this bad. just didn't believe it was possible because it's almost impossible to be this bad as an offense. So that was one of the worst games I've seen this offense play, and I was in Chicago, and that was a stinker too against the Chicago Bears, but Jimmy G didn't play. Let me get this out of the way about Jimmy G again. Really nice, likable guy. That will never change with me. Never change with me. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a good guy, a leader, 
well-respected in the locker room, well-respected around the league, but he's not playing well. He is not playing at a level of a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I believe today we can open it up and wonder what his future is going to be like here with the silver and black and if he's going to start going forward or they're going to make a quarterback change. Now, just like I said, and it was hindsight and I was wrong, I thought that Brian Hoyer should have started in Chicago. I think he gave the Raiders a better opportunity to win. And a lot of other people believed it, including most in this organization, that they were going to go with Hoyer with his experience coming off the win against the Patriots, and that didn't work. Hoyer played poorly. And I'll say the same thing. I'll double down one more time. I'd leave Jimmy Garoppolo in for the Giants game because I think the Giants could be the worst team in the NFL with the way they're playing and the problems that they're having. And I'd give Jimmy G the respect that he deserves in this league Maybe not from Raider Nation. you got to earn the respect with the Raider Nation. But Jimmy G's earned the respect around the league to start this game against the New York Giants to see if he can have a bounce back. And that would be it. I'd give him one more game. Let him start against the Giants. If he can kind of come out of this funk and win the game, the Giants are one game. Uh, the Raiders are one game away from being 500 by beating the Jets. And I'm not doing that. I'm not one of these guys who guarantees everything. I don't guarantee it and then say, hey, I'm going to walk with my shirt off to Arizona. I'm going to do this. I'm going to sit in the upper deck. I'm going to do something crazy, throw a beer over my head. I've never been that guy. But I'm, I'm a believer, and the Raiders are playing terribly bad now, that I'm a believer that the only thing left with this season, the only thing left to be optimistic about is winning the next two games against two inferior teams, winning those games, and getting to 5-5. Five and five. Not that I believe 5-5 five and five is going to get them to the playoffs the way they're playing, but I believe they can win these next two games because there's some teams in the league that are trending downward. The Raiders are on that ship, but I think they're good enough to win those next two games. But you have two weeks to beat me up on that, which is fair. Which is fair. I deserve it there, and I'll, I'll take all the heat. But what happened in Detroit? Why did the offense not show up? What is the problem here? The Raiders are the 31st-ranked offense. That happened in 2014, Carr's rookie season, 4-12. 2008 and 2009 with Jamarcus Russell. 2006 with Andrew Walter. So the Raiders are literally at the bottom offensively when you factor in the talent which is on this offensive side of the ball in the history of this franchise, I think. I think in the history of this proud, proud franchise with some of the greatest players to ever play and some really good players now on offense, this has dissolved into one of the worst Raider offenses ever put out on the field. Even hardened Raider fans, even negative Raider fans didn't see that one coming. No one saw that coming. I had people who said, you know, I'd rather have Carr over Jimmy G. I don't like Jimmy G. He gets hurt a lot. Put all that aside. Nobody thought that the Raiders' offense would have these struggles. I mean, the team could barely, barely get a first down. I mean, getting a first down is hard right now for this team, which is shocking to me. So whatever is happening with the offense, the meetings, the play calling, whatever they're doing, has not worked. It has failed. Can it be turned around? Of course it could. Can something happen? Of course something could happen. But right now, not many people have confidence in the fandom of the Raider Nation. So that's where we're at. And uh, the defense played good enough to win that game in Detroit. They gave up a boatload of yards, basically because they were on the field for almost 40 minutes. They had some really good plays on defense that could have given the Raiders the opportunity to be in the game late 
have an opportunity to win the game in the fourth quarter. The score was manageable all night. I mean, Troy Aikman even said it on the broadcast. They're still in this game in the fourth quarter when they were turning the lights off. And then it took Joe Buck and Troy Aikman about midway through the fourth quarter as they were in shock that the Raiders couldn't come back because their offense could barely run a play. And, and that's, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. I know it's unacceptable to the coach. I know it's unacceptable to the owner. I know it's unacceptable to the GM and the players that are here. And for all the fans, it's unacceptable. So you can beat them up. You can beat them up, which sports radio is usually there to do. You can beat them up, and you can, get, you can take out your frustration on the team and the players. That's going to happen here. But I think the bigger picture is how could this happen? What, what is the disconnect? And I'm not talking Devontae Adams, his disconnect, him throwing his helmet. I'm not talking about that. What is the disconnect that goes from the film study to the meeting room to the practice and then all of a sudden disappears on game day? I don't know. I wasn't expecting this. I I can't believe it's happening. And I think it's an emergency. We are at an emergency alert for the Raider organization on how this offense can't, can't move the ball. With Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a fine quarterback in this league, the stats back it up. And Jimmy's having the worst year of his entire career by far. I think a lot of that had to do with him missing time in the offseason, but that was going to happen. The Raiders got him in here. They knew he was injured. He'd need a procedure. He got the procedure. He was around for the offseason and for the studying and to be in meetings, but he wasn't out on the field. Josh Jacobs held out for the right reasons in his mind. He didn't have to sign his franchise tag. He wasn't ready to go to start the season. And the offensive line has massively digressed. The offensive line can't pass protect other than looking at one read. Every time Jimmy comes off his first read and looks, he's getting sacked. And I think a lot of that has to do with lack of communication with the offensive line and the quarterback. They're not on the same page. And the way the defensive coordinators have figured out the Raiders and what they're trying to do, and they're doing a good job putting a stop to it. You know, I watched the game last night with James Jones, Amber Theo Harris, and Eric Allen, and a bunch of the people here in the building. And as James Jones said throughout the game, there was a you know, two-high set, the defense that they were playing, Eric Allen saying the Tampa 2, whatever they were talking about, and how the Raiders could beat that. And the only way they could beat that is by running the ball. you got to get to the point where you can run the ball, and then the safeties have to come up into the box, and maybe that opens up plays downfield. But what's the use of opening up plays downfield if you can't get the ball to anybody, if you can't get the ball to Devontae? Jimmy Garoppolo missed three touchdowns to Devontae Adams in a football game. Three. Before I get to the sound bites of the game, he underthrew him on an interception where Jimmy G was wide open. The safety was coming over, but Jimmy G beat the cornerback. That was a turnover, an interception. That was a touchdown. Then Jimmy G, when he got cracked in the end zone, threw the ball out of bounds. Devontae was free. That was going to be a 95-yard touchdown. The safety wasn't there. Now, maybe the cornerback could have chased Devontae down, but Devontae with the stiff arm, there was no one there. So that could have been a 95-yard touchdown to Devontae Adams. And then in the fourth quarter, he just overthrew him when he was wide open, beat everybody, and that's three touchdowns. Let's, for the purposes of the show, say that he could have had two touchdowns. Look at the score. Those two touchdowns to Devontae Adams that were there. The Raiders' defense on red zone did pretty well. If I would have told you before the game that the red zone defense for the Raiders, uh, uh, five trips – for Detroit to the red zone with only one touchdown allowed and three field goals for Detroit. 
that that's good enough to win. So the Raider defense hung around and really played a worthy game. You know, they're, they're missed tackling. They were missed tackles all over the place. They're not a great tackling team. Marcus Peters got a pick six that I'll get to. Max ripped the ball out at the at the goal line, which was another great Max Crosby highlight package. But the defense just kept doing their job and giving the ball back to the offense, and the offense couldn't do anything. I have never seen an offense with this lack of confidence with the quality of players that we had. When we go back to the Jamarcus Russell, Andrew Walter years, and you want to go back to Donald Hollis, who actually had really good players when he had a play, uh, the team was a little bit more confident than this team here. I don't know if they're not confident because they don't believe in the plays. I don't know if they're not confident because they just aren't energized the way they need to be. But the offense, as Vic Tafer wrote, is broken. The offense is shattered. However you want to say it, you can say it any way you want. But the offense is about as bad as i ever seen, and I can't believe it because I know the people involved with it, and I think there's some really good offensive minds, from the head coach to Mick Lombardi to the individual player coaches that are out there. And I think the scheme and what they want to do is generally sound, sound scheme, sound in principle, and they just can't run it. So if you can't run any plays and you can't get anybody open and Jimmy G can't throw anybody open and Jimmy G can't stay in the pocket because he's getting sacked and Jimmy G's leading the league in interceptions, we're in this situation where the Raiders are now 3-5 and five and a lot of fans don't have much hope. Uh, the hope that I have, which is good because I'm a season ticket holder, is the next two home games. If things don't change fast, and you could say they should have changed already by now, I don't see, I don't see any way possible that this team could look forward if they can't beat the Giants and the Jets. Because then you're proving that your team is worse than the worst teams in the league. The worst teams in the league about a month ago were the Chicago Bears, the New York Giants, and New York Jets. You can throw in the Arizona Cardinals. You can throw in maybe another team, just maybe one more. And now you have to include the Raiders in that list. And the Raiders were a 2-2 two and two team. And the Raiders had a real easy opportunity to be 4-4. Four and four. And now the Raiders would have to fight for their lives to get to 5-5. Five and five. And that's part of my job. i got to look ahead. If you've checked out, which I don't know what you're doing unless you call me or you show up live, we're doing a remote Friday at La Casa Cigars in Tivoli Village. I know a lot of Raider fans already want to come to that and blow off some steam. But come to my remote on Friday at La Casa Cigars. It's a gorgeous location, Tivoli Village. Cocktails, Modelos, everything that we're going to have, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. It's the, it's the lead-up pre-party before the Bolitnikov Crab Feed. Come on out for that and talk to me and let some steam out. And get it off your chest. And that's the way to do it. There's a lot of people doing it on social media. I understand that. But social media is mostly anonymous to everybody else who's out there. But this, these are frustrating times. These are very frustrating times. And you as Raider fans have the right to fr- be frustrated and talk exactly about what you think the problems are and how to fix them. Again, we're the flagship station. I had to explain it last night on the post game. This is not the pitchfork show, fire the coach, trade every player. We don't do that here. But if you want to talk about the, in, the insufficiencies of the team from the top down in your mind or the players of the roster, you're more than welcome to do that. You've never not been welcome to do that. But this is a different platform than a lot of other Raider platforms. Okay, This is the bigger Raider platform. We're actually in the building, 
and they're kind enough to let us broadcast here. And I think all Raider fans who are even frustrated, I give you the credit to be smart enough to understand what I just said in the last 15 seconds. I know the majority of you are smart enough to understand that. So correction time, the aftermath as I talk about this, it's really disappointing because all I've asked for or have wanted this year is the Raiders just to play well. That's it. You know, as a season ticket holder who spends a lot of money like you do, or you travel here from out of market, you at least want to go to a game where you're having fun. It's exciting. There's bombs. There's touchdowns. There's great plays. And you're not getting enough. You're not getting really any on offense. You're getting a few on defense. And hopefully there's a last stand for the Raiders. I truly believe for the 2023 season, starting today, starting today, and you don't have to be with me on this at all, but this is the last stand. This is it. This is it for the future going forward of the team, the roster, everything else around here. If you can't beat the Giants, if you can't put together a game plan that could beat the New York Giants the way they've played, the Giants had the two of the worst losses in franchise history. And this franchise, the Giants, have been around a lot longer than the Raiders. A lot longer. The Giants have won four Super Bowls and four NFL championships. Okay, and the Giants have hit rock bottom. Rock bottom with a coach who was the coach of the year last year. Not the runner-up or top three. He was coach of the year. The Giants won a playoff game in Minnesota last year against the Vikings. And they have crumbled. And I can just tell you this much, too, being here in Las Vegas, having a syndicated show and a couple other platforms, Las Vegas Sports Radio is not a pimple on the butt of New York Sports Radio. No disrespect. That's at me. I'm saying that about me and everybody out here. That's not a direct shot at a colleague or a competitor on another station here in town. You think it's tough here? You go listen to WFAN in New York or ESPN Radio in New York, and you see the beating that the Giants are taking. The Jets were taking that beating about a month ago, but the Jets now are playing really well. And I know a lot of Raider fans who don't think they, that this team can beat the Jets. I'm not one of them. I think the Raiders can beat the Giants and the Jets. I'm delusional enough now to think that the Raiders can beat Gardner Minshew and Indy. I think that the Raiders can find a way to beat Joshua Dobbs, who was traded today to the Vikings. I think they can win those games, but they got to play much better. So is this rock bottom for the Raiders? I hope so. I thought rock bottom was in Chicago when I hosted the post game from the booth. And that team ended up beating the Raiders. I wasn't in shock because that game was over early. The game wasn't over last night early in Detroit. Raiders held them to a bunch of field goals. Raiders came out of the gate, played hard. Their body language, their defense presence, they were flying around. I thought they were playing really well and doing things that I I really respected. And then the offense would get the ball, and the guys I was sitting with and the lady I was sitting with, we were just in shock. We're like, wait, what was that? What was that? What was that? Like, what was that? Like, how could you not run a four-yard in route on third and three? How are you overthrowing players like this? How in critical downs are you going backwards? Like, what's going on? This is unacceptable Raiders behavior. I can't believe it. And you might say, well, I told you so, JT. Okay, you win. You're the king of the internet, beer muscle guy. I'll, I'll give you that. I didn't think it would get to this point. And I'm always optimistic that the Raiders can play their best game the next game. But now with the way this offense looks, I don't know what they need. I don't know what this offense needs anymore. I'd give Jimmy G one more game. And I like Jimmy G. Man, I like him a lot. 
I give Jimmy G the rest of the season if he can beat the Giants. If you can't beat the Giants, bring up the practice squad and let everybody have fun. you got to beat the Giants after this. Chicago, Detroit. Detroit's been a doormat for 50 years, and everyone's crowning them to go to the Super Bowl. How did they turn it around so quickly? Chris in West Oakland. When he's here, he gets to lead off. Go ahead, Chris. Hi, JT. Yeah, I'm going to pretty much kind of echo what I said on the postgame last night. Again, look, the defense, they kept them in the game to a point, but they gave up 500 yards. They didn't play well. They played well enough. Frankly, the best thing the Raiders did on defense last night was the play calling from the Lions. They only threw the ball once inside the 10-yard line, and the one time they did, they were so wide open, me and you could have completed it. So, while the Raiders bended, they didn't break. They held the field goals. I think the Lions shot themselves in the foot a lot. And, this again, this for, for once in the last I don't know how many years, the defense isn't the major culprit in what's going wrong with the Raiders. I can't sit here giving up 500 yards last night and say they played well enough to win. So, But, again, that, that's a discussion for another day. Let's get over to the offense, and I'm going to be a little more brutal than I was last night to Jimmy G. This isn't personal. Seems like a great guy, a great leader. I want him to succeed. He's my quarterback and rooting for him. But I've been a Jimmy G detractor for years, JT. I've said Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a winner. He was protected by the Niners, and the reason the 49ers haven't won a Super Bowl or two is because of Jimmy Garoppolo, specifically his ability to throw the ball down the field. I've heard you over and over call him a franchise quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. Franchise quarterbacks don't have zero fourth-quarter comebacks in their career. Franchise quarterbacks don't have zero 4,000-yard seasons in their career. Franchise quarterbacks don't average under 180 yards passing for their career. He's a nice game manager. He's a solid player when all the pieces around him are in place. I'm not laying all the blame on him last uh, last night or what's gone on, frankly, this year. The line's been beat up and struggling. Some of the play calling's been questioning. But as I've said over and over, JT, we've gone every week. What do we have to do? What do we have to do? You have to get more explosive plays. He doesn't throw the ball well down the field. You saw that firsthand last night. He just didn't miss Devontae Adams on what should have been a 95-yard touchdown. He threw the ball eight yards out of bounds, JT. On the other, he had Devontae open for the touchdown on the first interception. He underthrew him to the point where the safety looked like he was catching a ball in pregame warm-ups. But this is is Ziegler and McDaniel's guy. This is who we have going forward. I don't know how to fix somebody that in 10 years this is who he's going to be. You're not going to change his DNA where this guy's going to become Brett Favre or Dan Marino or John Elway, and he's just going to come out and be a gunslinger. He's a cautious quarterback that plays to not make mistakes, which is funny because in six games he's got nine interceptions this year. So as far as playing the kid, I don't believe the Raiders are going to throw in the towel and play for the future because I believe Josh McDaniels is smart enough to know that he might not be around for the future if Aiden O'Connell is that quarterback because if the Raiders just toss the season away and decide to play a rookie to see what he's got and things really go sideways, I don't know if there's anybody that thinks if this team gets a top-five pick that Ziegler and McDaniels will be around to make it next year. So I don't know how you rectify that going forward. I don't know how you change the offense. I don't know how you get a Tiger to change his stripes. But the bottom line is this. This is the system they wanted. This is the quarterback and the players they wanted. So you can start with Ziegler McDaniels and move all your way down. Mark Davis gave these guys everything they want, and J.T., it's not better. It's much worse 
People didn't want Derek Carr. And again, I'm not on here saying they should have kept Carr. I was on the record saying it was time to move on from mm-hmm. both parties. But the offense hasn't looked this bad since Derek Carr was a rookie, or hell, even going back before that when we had the quarterback of the week club. So I don't know how you fix it because the Raiders are broken at the most important position on the field, the quarterback spot. And until you get Jimmy G to want to be who he's not, we're never going to get the running game going if teams aren't scared that you're unwilling to throw the ball down the field more than a handful of times, and only if the guy's open by 20 yards. And even then, it hasn't been guaranteed he's going to hit him. So I'm going to stop right now before I start cussing because you're not on serious. I'm frustrated. Being a Raider fan's like freaking the movie Groundhog Day. It never gets, it never changes. And I don't want to, I don't want the coaching staff and the regime to fire fail because that means we're starting over again. And damn it, that's all we've done for the last 20 freaking years is start over again. It's time for some stability and some freaking success. It's above my pay grade, but damn it, I'm tired of it, JT, and I don't know how to fix it, which is what makes me the most frustrated. Thank you, my friend. I'll call you about the Giants game later this week. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Look forward to your Giants call. And again, today's not the day for me to defend Jimmy Garoppolo and his play. I just can say that he's a great guy for the little I know about him. I want him to win. I wish him well. Uh, I'm just surprised Jimmy G is playing this poorly. I'm shocked that Jimmy G is playing at this level. I never expected Jimmy Garoppolo to play at this level for his skill set. Uh, to cut down on mistakes, make really easy throws, really easy throws, and be able to find a player that's open in this system that is very elaborate. Raider Man, Black Hole, checking in here on the flagship. Go ahead, Raider Man. What's happening? What's going on, JT? Shouts out to Chris, man. I'll add one more to your franchise quarterback list or lack thereof. I don't want to jump on Jimmy Garoppolo either. I don't think there's another single franchise quarterback ever in history that has zero completions to a wide receiver in the first half of an NFL football game. I, I really that, – that baffles me. You know what I mean? I've done my best to try to support and all that, that stuff, and I'm not here. I'm never about tearing people down. Hell, I like to get myself into the mix because when we were at our worst, you know, and, and I correct Chris on one thing, it ain't been 20 years. It's been 25 years. I mean, that's about the time that I wrote the Raider Oath, probably a little bit longer than that. And I wrote the Raider Oath to break the apathy of us fans because we get beat up and down and everything is always in these painted-up narratives and all the rest of this kind of stuff. And we're all good people. So, I mean, it's, like, it's never about, you know, tearing people down. We always try to support, even if they're not of our own. I mean, I'm one of those that take their shots at, like, even with the radio station. I believe I'm supposed to be a part of that thing. I believe that thing is supposed to be headed up by Raider fans, because in the beginning when Raider fan uh, radio was created, when the black hole was was being initiated into the, the national limelight, when Raider Nation was taken off, you know, it was for the fans. It was by the fans. It's not taking swipes at people, but it's just trying to paint a narrative of what does it feel like for somebody that don't know your feelings, that don't feel like you are. And this don't delineate to the, the, the season ticket holders versus the non-season ticket holders. I, I personally kind of take that personal in a negative light because mm-hmm. I'm not a season ticket holder. Raider man got to be Raider man by not being a season ticket holder. Can't nobody right. take away right. my fandom. You know what I mean? But we got to be able to, to back our team. And as fans, we know what we want. To just be perpetually ignored when we're saying what we want, when we're saying what our feelings are, and they're being just summarily just ignored. And then you're being fed narratives that's contrary to what we're watching on the field. It's like blatantly being lied to. You feel taken advantage of. That kind of stuff creates apathy. And then nobody really wants to understand where that anger comes from, where all that frustration comes from. But we're being paraded around on a national level like circus bears. And that's just not right. 
This team missed out on two straight weeks of developing this quarterback. He's not even a first-string quarterback, fourth round. And they're taking opportunities away from this guy to grow. And we're wasting time with a quarterback that we knew what we were getting when we brought him in here. His whole quarter, his whole contract should have been incentivizing at best. Yet and still, we back up the Brinks truck, and I believe there's a double standard when it comes to that because Hugh Jackson got the book thrown at him for going to get Carson Palmer off the off the couch. Who's accountable for this mess? I mean, while we keep giving these dudes accolades and passes and one more one more chance, man, come on, okay. just win, baby. Crap it right. off the back. All right, Randall, man, appreciate the call. First off, a couple of things here. All they're doing, every regime, is building a team and trying to win. No one's lying to anybody. Yeah, I'm in the building. No one's lying to anybody. They're trying to get a quarterback. They're trying to draft players, get free agents, and win games. That's all it is. That's all it'll ever be. No one's lying to anybody. They're trying to win every game they play. And I understand the apathy of some fans. I understand why fans are upset. And I always respect you. You're diehard. You're diehard. You're one of the fans that helped build this franchise from a fan perspective. But the team, the GM, the owner, the coaches, the players play the game. And they try to win every game. And when it doesn't happen, they change them out. And that's always been the case, not just with this organization, with every organization. It's just win, baby. You got to win if you want to keep your job. 702-365-9200. Wow, a blockbuster deal. According to Ian Rappaport, former number two overall pick, Commander's defensive end Chase Young is being traded to the 49ers, likely a mid-round pick in 2024 uh, for the Washington Commanders after dealing Montez Sweat to the Bears. Washington now trades Young to one of the NFL's best teams. Reports are Chase Young to the 49ers as the trade deadline ends here in a half hour. We're in the building. If there's a Raider move, we'll let you know. Coming up next, Paul Gutierrez joins us from ESPN. We'll talk to him about the aftermath of the loss and what happened. Why did the Raiders not have an offense going into Detroit or have one, but we didn't get a chance to see it? Doghouse Saloon is inside Resorts World. What a property. Elaborate property. Not complex. It's there also for the locals. If you're looking for a spot for Monday night football, Thursday night football, Sunday, live concerts, entertainment, great restaurants, it's Resorts World, proud partner of our show. I know you're only eight games in, you still got nine left, but at this point in the season, when the offense hasn't taken off, mm-hmm. do you have to look at everything? Do you stay the course? Yeah, we should, Hondo, honestly, we should. I mean, it's not productive enough, you know, whether it, it doesn't matter. You pick a, pick a winner, you know what I mean? Honestly, we have to be able to produce more points in order to win games in this league, and right now we're not doing that. And so um, that's obviously my responsibility, and we'll take a look at everything we're doing. Uh, everybody that's doing it, you know, and try to figure out if there's a better way. Uh, that's what we can do. There's still nine games to go, you know, so we have a lot of football left. We have played stretches of good football, but, you know, certainly not consistently enough. I'm not going to talk about that right now. All right, so no quarterback change talk. We're going to cover Josh McDaniels' press conference live. We'll take it here live at the top of the hour. So stick around for that as we get going here. Uh, welcome back to the show, The Aftermath of the Loss. In Detroit, I don't think Detroit's a great team. I don't. I don't think they're a great team. Last night they were B 
unbeatable. They got boat raced in Baltimore. They didn't do well in the red zone on offense. And they kept giving the Raiders an opportunity to get back into the game and to get back into the game and get back into the game, and the Raiders couldn't do it. The Raiders can't sustain drives. That's the point of this season. It's not the fact that the Raiders don't have the players. They don't get open enough, and they get called out on third down. The Raiders don't get three or four or five first downs on third down. If you put pressure on the Raiders and you put them in third down, then they double-team Devontae. And look, look at A.J. Brown in Philadelphia. Someone told me about that today before I was driving out here. A.J. Brown in Philadelphia, every team double-teams him like Devontae. They don't care. They throw it to him. And A.J. Brown's having a better year than Devontae Adams by a lot. So Devontae threw his helmet down at the end of the game. He was highly frustrated. And I understand why. We all understand the frustration. I'm frustrated. You are here. But the coaches now have to find a way to dig out of this and come in and play at a much higher level. And the performances have to be better. The performances have to be better. Um, and I think at this point in time, you gotta, you got to point people out. you got to point people out, and you got to ask people why they aren't playing to the best of their ability. And I don't understand it. I don't understand why the Raiders can't play better on the offensive side, run the ball, have short third downs, and convert on short passes on third down where someone should be open because everybody's a third down specialist. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers. Michael Mayer was brought in to be a third down specialist. Trey Tucker is supposed to be a third down specialist. With everybody who's out there. These are the guys who make their bones on third and short. I'm not talking third and 27, third and 14. I'm talking third and five. You can't run it on third and five with this team anymore. They can't run it on third down anymore. They can't. You can run it at the goal line. You can run it in the red zone. You can run it. You cannot run the ball with this team third and three, third and four, third and five. They can't get a first down. But you can throw it to Devontae. You can move the pocket. Jimmy G can run if he's forced to run and has to run. But you got to break up the script. The script doesn't work. I've always thought that this coach could flip the switch with his offensive capabilities. We're just not seeing it now. Paul Gutierrez joins us. Paul, we'll keep you short. We know you're working the trade deadline. Are there any rumors coming up here? We're getting close to the trade deadline. And we all thought Hunter Renfro was the big name to be moved. Yeah, nothing so far. Um, I think the big thing was, uh, as Adam Schefter uh, uh, reported earlier today, when he was reaching out to people with knowledge of the situation regarding Devontae Adams because of how things looked last night, and he was told there was, quote, no chance in hell that uh, Devontae would be moved by the trade deadline. So I guess the big news is no news, which all of us kind of assumed anyway. So it's, uh, again, kind of one of those weird things where it's much ado about nothing, but it is the trade deadline. And it's weird because the Raiders are in that weird situation, as are the Lions, where they played right up against that that uh, that trade deadline. So what I was looking forward to, to seeing last night was seeing how they were going to use Hunter Renfro, if they were kind of just patching him away and, and, and keep him healthy for, for a potential trade or showcase him. And really, you came away from that game with a lot of uh, more questions than anything else regarding the team, uh, not, not just about trades, though. Yeah, Paul, you tweeted it out, and I put it out on the broadcast on the post game. The first half stats were brutal. I mean, three completions. They couldn't stay on the field. And you just saw the clock start ticking away as time of possession was going to be heavy on the Detroit side. Where are you as of today 
on the offensive struggles? Because we've talked to you a bunch this year. You wrote a lot about this offense not being able to get going. But where was that compared to Chicago and where it needs to be? It was, it was probably worse than Chicago because you had your guy out there. You had your starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy that, that you handpicked to come in and, and lead the offense, somebody that had, um, you know, if nothing else, a winning pedigree. But beyond that, had the, the experience in the system. And I know when, when Jimmy first signed and we talked to him for the very first time, he said it's kind of like you know, learning you know, Spanish and Italian. There's some similarities, but, but uh, it's different. So the fact that it's taken him that long to try to get comfortable, he just does not look comfortable out there. And a lot of that, and, and he was asked um, after the game, if he just still feels like he's playing catch-up, given that he had the surgery in the offseason, given that he did not participate in any of the on-field uh, activities during OTAs, an off-season pr- training program, given that he was on a pitch count during training camp, and then, oh, yeah, he's already missed two and a half games with a concussion in the back. Mm-hmm. And he didn't say that it wasn't. Uh, a factor. What he said was he would never use that as an excuse, which if you read between the lines, yeah, that, that does have something to do with it. So I know it's a long answer to your short question is how does this compare to Chicago? I think it's worse because this was what the offense was supposed to look like. And it looked like it just continues to regress and regress and regress. And the big question obviously is why, and I don't know if they can really address that in the building yet. No, I think it's a struggle. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN, We all know that defenses don't fear the Raiders' passing game at all. Zero fear on the quarterback's ability to stretch the field. That makes it so much easier for teams' defenses to simply play aggressive and attack. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing linebackers and safeties and and defenders attack the Raiders because they have no fear that they're going to get beat. And not only that, but teams have stopped stacking the box against the run and, and talking to Josh Jacobs after the game last night, he said, no, they, they weren't stacking the box at all. That's why he said, that's why they were having success running the ball, which then leads you to wonder when you're only down nine to seven. And then all of a sudden it's 16 to seven. Why did they abandon the run? Uh, they were having so much success with that late in the second quarter, early in the third quarter. So again, is it the play calling? Is it not having trust in the personnel on the field? And yet if that's the case, this is the personnel that they brought in to fit this, this scheme. And, and they were good last year. And then really the only change they made on the offensive line is at right guard and obviously at quarterback with a guy that, you know, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, yeah, this was supposed to be an upgrade in terms of fit. And it just has not looked that way now. And the two deep balls that, that Jimmy missed Devontae on last night, I mean, it, it would be kind of funny if it wasn't kind of sad in a way, you know, because it just it, it, he's there and it's just not happening. You see Devontae's frustration on the sidelines. You, you heard him. Uh, in the locker room, you, you just was at a loss for words. Uh, Paul Gutierrez, Paul, last one. We'll let you go before the trade deadline. Uh, does Jimmy play anymore? I would let him. I would give him the start over the Giants. I think the Raiders beat the Giants. If they beat the Jets, they're five and five. I know as a radio host, I'm out on an island. Looking forward to that. I'll stand by it. I think the Raiders, who have played their worst football, could play better football going forward. Is there a possibility, Jimmy G? I think we'll play this game, and this could be his last if he doesn't win. Well, and I think that at that point you start looking up at ownership and seeing what the owner wants to see, right? Um, but, again, coming into the season, I was told that there was no hot seat whatsoever, but the way the, the Raiders have looked offensively, especially uh, these past two weeks, you got to start to wonder. These two home games, being that they're home and being that I don't see Giants fans or Jets fans taking over Allegiant like we saw earlier in the year, uh-huh. this, to me, is really kind of the, the test case here. This is where you see, okay, if they can't hold these games, hold down the fort with these games and, and win these two games and be at 5-5 five and five going on to that long stretch in, into Miami, uh, going into Orlando for the week, then it's time to really look at, at 
things probably beyond just the quarterback. Thank you, Paul. Busy a few minutes before the top of the hour. Thanks for fitting me in. Sounds good. Take care. Paul Gutierrez. Appreciate him coming on. Yeah, I think that's where we're going to pivot with the show. I, I give the Raiders one more game. One more game. with the, I'm talking personnel, not coaching, anything like that at all. I'm talking quarterback. You give him one more game, and then Aiden O'Connell plays. You let him play. Because then what are you going to do? If you can't beat the Bears, Detroit, the Giants, then let Aiden O'Connell play and see if he can beat him. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has historically bad numbers as the Raiders quarterback. I didn't expect that. Neither did you. So decisions have to be made going forward. I think that Jimmy can put together a good game plan and beat the Giants, who seem to be getting rid of players and playing for next year. And the Raiders get that opportunity at home. Brought to you by Tommy White and the 872 Laborers. Honestly, I, I don't know what to say at this moment. I, I truly don't. I wish I had the, the words to, you know, to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media and, and taken out of context. So I'm going to just, uh, I truly, I just don't know. What are you feeling right now? Can you elaborate on anything going through your mind? Frustration, but, I mean, that's that kind of goes without saying. Dante, I know you said that you know you have confidence whenever you're out there in offense's ability, but is it kind of hard to maintain that when the results are what they've been? No, it's not hard to maintain the confidence in our offense. It's just hard to curb your frustration when you can't put it together when you know you should. That's Devontae Adams being respectful to the media. He doesn't want to say anything. Not that he'll regret, but he just doesn't want to inflame. The situation coming off a loss. JT, back with you. Uh, brought to you by our great friends at Grimaldi's Pizzeria, Pizzeria, best pizza I've ever had. Four locations here in the Valley. Get the $50 gift card. Grimaldi's, best pizza I've ever had. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black. Harry, that was a tough one. Uh, the defense didn't play great, but they kept the Raiders in the game, and the offense stalled. How'd you say it? Yeah, statistically, you look at Detroit and how they – doubled pretty much every statistic compared to the Raiders when you're talking about offensively and you would say that defense had a very hard game but at the same time the defense prevented the Lions from just running away with this game and keeping it competitive and heck half of the points on the scoreboard for the silver and black were scored by the defense with that Marcus Peters pick six they had three turnovers forced they had their first two fumbles of the season and yet the offense wasn't able to get into a rhythm. And you look at those stats, JT, 10 plays, 75 yards, and the only scoring drive for the offense, the rest of the game, 35 plays, 77 yards. You're not going to win football games that way. But what do you think the problem is, Harry, to get Devontae open? We know the defense. We know the defense. We've heard it. Kind of comes over to Devontae and double teams him. It just seems like Jimmy doesn't want to throw into the double team. He just avoids making that decision, and he doesn't have enough time to go through his other reads. That's how I see it. Yeah, exactly. That's what's happening. And Devontae Adams, a lot of times you hear him say, or you, you, you think with having the best wide receiver in the game or one of the best, however you want to call him, double teams, he can still end up with that football. But you've got to have that confidence, that swagger, that being like, you know what, I'll risk that ball knowing that my wide receiver is going to be able to catch it. But at the same time, 
you got to put a good ball up there. That interception was a little bit short. Should have been a better pass. And at the at the end of the day, one reception for 11 yards, that's not a Devontae Adams-like game. But at the same time, go back to last week in Chicago, this week against – in this game last night against the Lions, and there were two big plays that Devontae could have made that it ended up happening. It's just one of those times right now, JT, where nothing seems going the right way for the Raiders. Harry Ruiz is our guest. So, Harry, uh, it doesn't look like – uh, of course, Devontae shouldn't be traded, but it doesn't look like Hunter Renfro is going to be moved here as we got a few minutes left. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor just reported with 30 minutes left until the trade deadline, the Raiders are expected to stand pat. No traction on Hunter Renfro trade. The remaining $4 million or so left on his contract is prohibitive for teams. So it's Hunter, and they tried to get him going a little bit yesterday. He slipped once, and I thought Devontae missed a block on a reception he had that he could have fought for a first down. Just a shame that Hunter Renfro never got going so far this year. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to have him be a big part of the offense. And I'll check the stats, but, I, but just calling the game, I'm pretty sure last night was the most snaps that he has gotten on offense. And he ended up as one of the three players that the Raiders had with multiple receptions in that game and as, as multiple as in two because Jimmy G only completed 10 passes total. So Hunter Renfro, he got a little bit more active after what has happened over the last couple of weeks. And he, if he is staying in this team, which I believe he will, you got to involve him more, JT. And yesterday, hopefully, was that first step forward and uh, the Raiders can have that slot machine back there out, out on the field. Harry, last one. I know it's earlier in the week. you got other platforms you're going to talk on, but would you start Jimmy Garoppolo? I would. I'd give him the Giants game, but that'd be it for me if he can't beat the Giants. I'd want to see Aiden O'Connell the rest of the way. If he can beat the Giants and play well, and Jimmy could have that game where he gets going again and plays at the level he's played at his entire career, then maybe some momentum to beat the Jets and get to 5-5. Five and five. How much more time do you give Jimmy G? Yeah, I think you have to give him this game against the Giants because it's been a start and stop, start and stop mm-hmm. with the injuries that he right. had, the concussion protocol, uh, the back injury. So you've got to give him the opportunity to at least have back-to-back games under his belt and hopefully feeling better about himself out there on the field. And also, hopefully he can stay healthy, and that would be the best chance for the Raiders. And that the trade deadline, you look at the, at the situation, the Raiders are 3-5. and five. So it's not like they can be sellers immediately or buyers, and it seems like they're just staying pat because it's the right move. Thank you, Harry. We'll talk to you this week. Good to see you back in the parking lot at a home game with the Black Hole and up in the booth. Thank you. Yeah, I'll see you at headquarters in a bit, JT. You got it. Harry Ruiz on his way here. I was at headquarters late last night, and I am at headquarters as we speak today, brought to you by Tequila Comisario, the platinum gold winning medals, the success that they're having here in town. The reserve is the best tasting tequila I've ever had in my life. We thank the Maloof brothers for getting involved with our show on Raider Nation Radio. And if you get a chance, take it from me, my friends, my family. Tequila Commissario. It's a life-changing tequila. Try it once. It'll be your go-to. When we come back, Josh McDaniels will be speaking from the podium. And he moved the press conference. They moved it earlier today. So it should be coming up here at 1 o'clock. If you're listening or watching locally, coming up on Fox 5 at 1 o'clock is Raiders Press Conference Live, the show that I host with Eric Allen. We knocked that out at 11 o'clock, and we'll get it in here now on TV. So you got me on radio. You got the head coach on radio. 
And you got the TV show, Raiders Press Conference Live. We're busy here from the facility. 